What's going on everyone? Alex De Silva. Today I have a very dear friend with me and I'm really looking forward to this one because he has an incredible story and you know for, for the listeners here you know we're here to talk about for men to share things openly and vulnerably you know and to talk about our experiences and how you know what anything is possible and you know my friend Zach is here today to talk about exactly that, how he went from, you know, gangs and hell to the kingdom of heaven, as you've described it, you know, and your life completely, completely changed, you know, and uh, I can't wait for, you know, for, for our listeners to, to get involved. So Zach, thank you so much for coming down, man. Thank you. Anytime. It's an absolute it's pleasure to have you here, brother. It's absolute pleasure. pleasure. Yeah, it's good, man. It's really good. So. I guess the, the important thing, and let's start light. What's it like today? Today is um, beyond something that I could have ever conceived or imagined. Um, today, um, I have a freedom from mind. Um, and when I say that, um, you know, I had a very heavily conditioned mind. Um, and I think that's where all my um, suffering and, and my hell um arose from and manifested from so you know today i live a lot more in harmony with you know life as it is not how i want it to be or wish it to be or based on my ideals or my wants or my desires i just simply live in harmony with my experiences and when i say that it entails you know a lot less cognitive processes a lot less thinking a lot less interpretations, a lot less analysis, and a lot less labeling mm. than experiences. Because, um, you know, as humans, we like to, um, you know, um, attach labels to things like likes and dislikes. And as a result of that, we like to pick and reject. Mm. So we tend to more pick the likes and reject the dislikes, That's which very causes true. suffering. Yeah. So yeah, life is very good. You know, I'm training to become a counsellor. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm already have a diploma in addiction counselling. Mm -hmm. um, I'm an access control technician. Um, I teach mindfulness. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I attend mutual aid groups to help other sufferers. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you want to sum it up, my 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 vocation in life is to alleviate people's suffering. Yeah. You know, and, mm -hmm. and with that comes a peace and a joy that I experience. Yeah. Which and is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it is. But it wasn't like that before, was it? It wasn't always like this. It, you know? No. Yeah. It and was that's never like that. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing because and that's why I wanted to hit it with that. Because, you know, I'd I'd love for you to to take us back, do you know what I mean? You know, of, of what it was like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know, and kind of go deep into that because you know you mentioned about you know being in gangs and you know living hell. You know, what was that like? It was just awful, Alex. Um, you know, uh, uh, a part of the question you asked me before, how's it like today? The reason why it's so peaceful and calm and accepting today is because a big part of my pain and suffering was you know, as I said, attachment, again, is a key word. Mm -hmm. Attachment to the past, mm -hmm. you know, and I always held the past firm. I always grasped onto it and refused to ever let it go. And then I could pluck out memories and, and I could suffer from the memories, even if they're 10 years old or, you know. 
But um, one of the beautiful things today is that I have no use for my past. I know that it's just an illusion. It's just residue in my mind, you know. But, you know, for the, for, for the sake of, 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 of viewers and people that want to experience, you know, maybe a change or, you know, it's, it's important to, to go there. And my past was pretty much single parent, my mum, um, didn't show me much sort of emotional or physical love because she was always working to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a pro- predominantly Caucasian area as a youngster, as a, as a kid. So I experienced a lot of racial abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, my mum, I didn't know my own father. He lived in a different country and, and, and I don't think he, he, he cared about me or didn't used to get birthday cards or Christmas cards. And my mum would make a point of pointing that out. So I began resenting him. Um, You know, so along with the racial abuse and and also my mum had stepfathers, which, you know, were pretty much like, you know, one was an alcoholic, one was very career driven. And both um, confessed that they didn't even like me, let alone love me. Um, which took an effect on me, you know. Um, So coupled with all that, I was very, very fragile, very insecure as a kid. Mm -hmm. I had a very, you know, um, because of that, my mind started to develop um, dysfunctionally, Mm -hmm. Um, wasn't in balance or, you know, in harmony. Um, And then because of of things, we moved to um, an area called Hackney, where where I grew up. Mm -hmm. And Hackney back then was um, very volatile, mm. unpredictable, and dangerous environment. It was run by gangs, and and the whole the whole culture of the environment was criminality. Yeah. Um, now coming into that as as already being a victim, you know, of of life, you know, mm. um, my mom, my my main motivation was to not be a victim anymore mm. you know i didn't want to feel that pain i didn't want to feel that insecurity i didn't want to feel that fear that was underlying always um so i just conformed to my my environment i just you know i was just impressionable and and i followed anything that the environment did the social norms the culture the criminality um it was it was conditioned and indoctrinated and, and, and it became embedded and ingrained in every fiber of my being. Mm-hmm. It created all my core beliefs. It created my um, antisocial behaviors. It created very warped and dysfunctional thinking. Um, you know, and, and, and I just didn't, I didn't care. I didn't care about consequences. Um, and I fell into it. And that lifestyle, it entailed... Um, selling class A drugs to people, to other human beings, selling them poison, mm-hmm. um, to acquire all the, um, the the stuff that makes up the self image mm-hmm. and the persona, like the jewelry, mm-hmm. going out clubbing, the women, mm-hmm. you know, the fast cars, the apartments. Um, and what I found out was that this addictive nature I've got, this sort of attachment to anything that changes the way I feel. This sort of culture fed every um, every level of that sort of um, condition that I had, that addictive nature. Some people call it a disease, a condition. It's just um, 
you know, it's just it's just that what the mind attaches to 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 change the way that I felt. Mm-hmm. Because even if I was happy, it mm-hmm. would it would be the same. I'd want to change that. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, again, like I said to you, selling the poison to people, carrying a knife and willing to hurt another human being. I mean, literally stab them. Yeah. Um, for for little slights, or if they didn't conform to my ideals or my invite mm. my neighbourhood, yeah. you know they're off someone else, and then that escalated into firearms. Yeah. You know, and although you know this is very serious serious stuff that I got into, it was all done out of fear. It was all done to fit in. Mm. It was all done, you know, to 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 be a part of something. You know. Mm. Um, and and that 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 brought along lengthy incarcerations, lengthy prison sentences. Yeah. You know, I'd go away like six, seven years of time. I was um, charged with murder at the age of twenty-one. Mm-hmm. Me and four friends went out to a nightclub. Yeah, um, someone died, and um, yeah, I was on I was in Belmarsh Prison, charged with murder. And that's at twenty-one, and even at that age, you know, I was very much broken. Mm. I mean, all my conditioning and indoctrination just led me further astray from mm. my true nature yeah. and my reality. Mm. Um, you mentioned about, you know, going to, to prison at 21, you know, f- being charged with murder. Mm. How did, especially at that age as well, you know what I mean? Because, we, you know, it's, we're going through that transition from teenager into young adult. Mm. What were you going through, you know, when, when you were going to prison, you know, because you, you talked about, you know, being consumed with fear and, and, and a lot of it was acceptance as well, you know, being accepted in, into society, which I think we all chase that at some point, don't we? When we're living in this chaos, that's what we chase. But here's a, here's a question. At that time, not now, but at that time, did you feel as though that was a, a trophy, you know, for your ego or were you just completely consumed in, in, in fear and, you know, was there any element of guilt for what happened? I mean, that's a good question. Um, there's, see, what I've learned is there is my true nature mm-hmm. and there is mind. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of the time with the way society is conditioned, our mind obscures our true nature mm-hmm. and our reality. So on the one hand, it was exactly what you just described. Um, on the one hand, because I wasn't alone, because I was with six friends that I grew up with, it was kind of like a badge, you know, I was mm. well respected, everyone mm. in prison knew, you know, I knew a lot of people, um, you know, so you get a lot of respect and, and you know, a lot of people fear you as well. So it's all euphoric, you know, mm. um, and that was, a, that was at a mind level. That yeah. was at the ego, the, you know, the ego construct and, 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 and what the mind created in, 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 in this, this illusory self, mm-hmm. you know. But then you have, you have your true essence. And your true essence always, always lets you know via intuition and wisdom, you know, what is conducive mm. to your true nature or mm. what is wrong or, you know, so I had that internal conflict, you know. And it's funny because it was only at that point that I realised that I always had this internal conflict. Mm. 
I always had this thing that would be telling me, this is not what you are. Mm. You know, this is not who you are, mm. you know, but didn't know how to decipher it. Mm. You know, I just always put it down to this sort of void yeah. or there's something missing or then hence why I attach to everything to feel that. Yeah. Change. You know, it's all the same stuff. Mm. Um, so I didn't really understand that. So yeah, on the one hand, on the uh, you know on the on the on the false per on the false self and the, the, the ego, it was kind of like another badge because it was like university for me. Yeah, it, it, it took you know I, I took a lot of um, you know I took a lot of um, assignments and s- sermons to to get to where I got to to, mm-hmm. to create that that sort of name or that image mm-hmm. and you know so. And I, I was I was lost to it, you know. I, I had no I had no escape from it, from it, you know. I kept doing the same stuff. It kept on, you, you know. I kept on repeating the same behaviours. The thinking was heavily conditioned. So it was always the same, regardless. And there was just there was just no way out, and it was painful. And when I was twenty one, and, and and I was on on that charge, that wasn't you know my first time. Mm-hmm. Um, in an institution because I, I, I'd, I'd been doing it. I'd been working my way up since I was a kid. Yeah. You know, I went to young offenders institutions at 15. Sure. I was in children's homes at 13, 14, mm-hmm. boarding schools. So I was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was heavily institutionalized. I didn't know how to live without, telling, without someone telling me what to do mm-hmm. or without a surgery that feeds me. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's... Um, and where did that get to? Because, you know... You, this is the thing sometimes, you know, we, we hear those stories where, you know, something like that happens, you go in, you serve. So how long did you get in the end um, <clears throat> for that one? I, I ended up doing eight years. So eight years, yeah. you know what I mean? So you went from 21 to 28, yeah. 29. And was that it? Did you kind of come out and said, right, I need to sort my shit out and I need to... Nothing changed. No, you just went straight that, back in. I mean, the pain I went through, the, 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 you know, destroying my family again ostracizing myself from my family um and an addiction is a big part of my story as well you know because i've said about the the attachment to things that change the way i feel yeah and you know drugs and alcohol is something that does that very quickly mm-hmm. you know um and, and it's also sort of um euphoric you know there's a there's an initial pleasure to it mm-hmm. um but that's the illusion because later on down down, down, down the road, you, you, you know, it's, it's, it's just suffering. Mm. Um, and did that start from um, a young age as well? Did it? Was that, it kind of combined? I think it was all combined. And I mean, I didn't take, I didn't take. I was always kind of like, um, you know, because of my insecurities when I was young, I was always able to adapt and get on with all people. I could, um, you know, I had a great sense of humour. I could fit in, I'd always be, you know, sort of, um, you know, I was well received, mm-hmm. well liked and, and um, I never had a problem with that social side of things. So I never took drugs or anything to be, you know, more social or to bolster my insecurities mm-hmm. or that was generally me as a, as a person. I was an extrovert. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I found is I was taking stuff because of I couldn't, you know, the, 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 the lifestyle I was engaged in and, and, the, and the criminal acts that I was um, doing um, 
really didn't sit right with that conscience mm. I was talking about and that, mm. that intuition, that true part of me, mm. you know, and, and, it, and, and, and the conflict was very strong. I remember mm. it vividly. Yeah. I remember the conflict in it was knots in my stomach and mm. signs to say, look, and this is what I use drugs for to suppress that. Yeah. So it was like a twofold. It, not only did it suppress and numb what was going on, it also allowed me and, and gave me that extra sort of courage mm. to, to engage in these acts. Yeah. Um, and it was awful. It was awful. Um, and, and, and yeah, so, so, so the answer to your question is, um, you know, it was very, it was very normalized. Yeah. I mean, you say what it was like leading up to them eight years inside. I just did the same thing I've done in the external environment. It was no different. Mm -hmm. The internal environment is very much the same. It's the yeah. same sort of people. It's the same sort of culture. It's just her. It's like for like. Yeah. It's all, yeah. Uh, you know, so I was in it. I was um, comfortable in it. Mm. You know, although there was pain and this was all internal stuff and I hadn't, I hadn't known how to decipher or recognize what that was at that stage. Mm -hmm. You know, I was still very much stuck in this self, mm -hmm. you know, and that self everything that was going on was, was normalized. But one of the things, you know, one of, one, one, of, one of the things that I couldn't, I just always had to get away from was, was this mind. Mm. You know, you hear people saying, oh, they want to get away from themselves. And when we talk about the self, it's, it's just mind. Mm. That's all the self is mind, mm. you know? So, the mind, the mind that I developed was, 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 was very dysfunctional, uh, uh, mm. very dysfunctional. Um, you know, all it was was just negativity, mm. criminality, and just warped. Mm. You know, um, I was very selfish. Um, I attached to everything and viewed it as permanent, mm. you know, um, and was it just the drugs that you were involved in or you know, were there other activities as well that you engaged in? Everything. Anything that changed the way I felt. Yeah. Women, sex, shopping, gymnasium was a heavy one, mm. you know. And that's when I started to see that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just drink or drugs, you know. It was when I put one behaviour down or one substance down, you know, it would be another thing. Mm. And, and that's... that's you know, I started to see that this mind just jumped to a next thing. Mm. You know, it's just, it just doesn't matter what it is, mm. you know. Um, and it's, 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 it's just awful. To, 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 to live in a state of mind like that is, is, is just why I describe it as hell, mm. you know. Um, and, and that's another thing I learned, you know, that, that, that this, this, this heaven and this hell are not, you know, some external places you go into the afterlife. Mm. I know what they mean by that. Mm. This can be an experience right here, right mm. now. Yeah. You know, there are two different states of minds. Mm. And I've experienced both of them. Mm. Well, yeah. some people say, don't they, that you don't have to die to experience hell. Mm. You can live it right here on, on earth, yeah. you know. And it seems that that's pretty much where you were. Yeah. And how long, how long was that, how long did that go on for, you know, with, uh, obviously you, you were kind of living this criminal life and, you know, you, you then got attached to, you know, to, to other 
you know, exterior things. But one of the things that you mentioned was, you know, was drugs and alcohol amongst other things as well. Yeah. You know, what did that do to your life? Because, you know, that must have been an awful experience as well. It, it, was, it was awful going through it. It was awful going through it. You know, the, the thing about, the thing about drugs, the thing about drugs and alcohol, Right, is 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 this is, is two ways. It can either bring you to your death quicker mm. or it can either bring you to change quicker. Mm. So there's a beauty and there's a there's a negative to it, you yeah. know. Um fortunately I didn't die, you know. I came close. Yeah. I had a cardiac arrest at the age of thirty. Wow. Yeah. So I come out of prison. And my, this, is, this is how it walked my thinking is. Yeah. My thinking was that, and by the way, um, I, I got introduced to heroin on that sentence because I couldn't sleep at night, I couldn't eat, I couldn't go to the gym. Right. You know, as I said, I'm not a sociopath. Mm -hmm. I was just a kid that was lost. Yeah. I was conditioned and indoctrinated into a way of life mm -hmm. and that the, my true nature wasn't happy with it. So yeah. it caused all this internal conflict. Yeah, and especially on that charge there, where it was involved of a taking of another human's life, yeah. it really can affect a person. Yeah. And I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat, I couldn't go to the gym. And my cellmate at the time was going on visits and, and coming back with with drugs, mm -hmm. and it was heroin, you know. And he kept rolling up spliffs and kept offering me, and I said no because that was one of my um, conditions. You know, we don't touch heroin. Mm. That's that's for junkies. Blah blah blah. Yeah. 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 Um, but ended up taking it, and yeah. and and then I remembered thinking, God, oh, this drug was made for me. <laughs> something that totally numbs you, something that stops your thinking and stops you feeling. Mm. That's all I ever wanted, you know. And that got into a problem. It turns into physical addiction. You you you're sick when you don't have it. Yeah. It's an awful, it's an awful shackle to have. Yeah. You know. Um, and was that throughout the whole time you were in prison? Yeah. Yeah, on and off. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You don't, you know. I think like once you're introduced to heroin, man, that's a, it's, it's very, it's a very difficult cycle. It's a, it's a different, it's a different gravy, you know. Um, but you know, along with other drugs, and it was like I said to you, it just didn't matter what it was, you know. Drugs were preferable, but if it weren't drugs, there'd be other behaviours and other stuff mm -hmm. that had the same motives behind it. Yeah. It was all to change the way you feel or numb you or, mm -hmm. you know, or for that euphoria. Mm -hmm. So nothing changed. Nothing changed. I got out of that. You know, you'd think somewhat, hey, you, could, you know, you're lucky to be out because we got out on a, on a pill. We got it squashed on a pill. We got mm -hmm. it overturned and, mm -hmm. you know. That, that that was it and, and nothing learned I actually got sentenced to two other shootings after that um, I got a seven years and then a six years mm -hmm. uh, um, so it, it didn't change and within that it was all you know sort of group therapies it was wrapped programs that were in the prison mm -hmm. the wrapped is based on the 12 step module right. um, it was getting picked up at the gate by rehabs, going somewhere north, doing the rehabilitation, mm -hmm. getting clean, coming back to the area, attaching to one full process, and then relapsing to go and do it all over again. Right. You know, and that, that yeah. was hell. That was hell, Jeez. you know. And that's what it was for me. Nothing, nothing could change. 
nothing could get me clean because I was looking for an external thing mm. that was going to get me clean. Mm. I had no idea that, you know, it had to be internal. Yeah. It had to be me that fundamentally changes. I had to go beyond that which was governing me and keeping me in prison. Right? Yeah. The imprisonment of, of the, the prisons, I mean, the imprisonment of my own mind. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to look like self, develop some self-awareness, cultivate some self-development, and I had to see my reality for what it was. And I had to start living in accordance with that reality, which was mm -hmm. difficult. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. difficult to just live my true nature mm. in my true reality. Yeah. Because I was so heavily conditioned yeah. to live in the illusion yeah. and in the concept of a self. Mm. And how did you make that transition? So what happened? Because, you know, you're, you're, you, you get arrested multiple times throughout your life. Yeah. You know, you end up inside for, for a long time. Yeah. You then get, you know, you, you're already getting into you know, you're sort of a drug habit, alcohol, yeah. and you're attaching yeah. to all of these external yeah. things. The next thing you go, you touch one thing that you've never said you would. Yeah. So again, it's yeah. one of these things where I'm like, well, I'm not going to do this, and you end up doing it. Yeah. And you're in this, you know, as you described, this hell that you just can't seem to get out of. You know, and you've got this internal um, fight with yourself, with the real you and the mind. Yeah. What the fuck happened? How did you get out of that? You know, yeah. what was the what was the solution? You know, well, this this is this is how it happened, um, and I, I could not see it coming at all. Like I said to you, there was a pattern of me attaching to a thought process, relapsing, mm -hmm. you know, going back to criminality because of the relapse, mm -hmm. um, ended up getting incarcerated again because that's all I knew, um, doing a lengthy sentence, you know, six years, sorting out with the carrots and drug team in prison to get me a place in a rehab upon release. Mm -hmm. They pick me up to the gate and they take me off. Well, this is how my last relapse happened. I remember in Uxbridge, there was a place called Sanctum. And mm -hmm. They picked me up from prison. They took me down there and I was there for eight months. And I'd done all the stuff that I'd done previously, which is just adhere to a program and just um, conform and just do all the actions within it and just attach to them actions. Mm -hmm. And whilst doing that, you know, these actions were sort of changing the way I felt and was, was no different to mm -hmm. what I was doing. So nothing changed internally. Mm -hmm. And I started to see these processes slightly, you know. And then what happened was from Sanctum, I got a flat with a partner um, and the prices were too high to mortgage. We were renting at the time and it was a lot of money to rent every month. Mm -hmm. And we was looking for a mortgage, but the mortgage prices were too high around the area. Mm -hmm. So we decided to go back to my mum's for a bit. And there was alarm bells ringing, you know, about going back there, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and we went back there with my partner. So my partner's living there. Um, she's not happy because she's with, you know, the mother-in-law who could be judgmental and, you know, she's living under someone's roof she, roof she doesn't even know. Yeah. Um, so that, 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 that as well, you know, and I remember coming back from the gym one day and I remember seeing someone I used to use with and smoke crack with. And I remember with a friend who's supporting me and helping me to stay clean who's come, come to the gym with me. Yeah. And I remember all of a sudden just putting my foot on my accelerator to get this friend home quick. And the full process was that I'm going to go around to this fella's house and show him how well I am, how well I look. That was, that was it. That's how my mind 
come in. Yeah. Come in through the back door and that's how, that's the smoke screen again. Yeah. And I remember dropping him home and going around there. And you know, I spoke, talking to him, yeah, I'm clean, blah. To within 10 minutes, has anybody got anything? And I don't know where it came from. Has anybody got anything? Right yeah. And then from that, it was calling. And then from that, half an hour later, I was smoking cracking heroin again. Jesus. After 18 months of being clean. Wow. Um, from a first thought, just yeah. from a thought. Yeah. There was no, there was no trauma. There was no pain. A girlfriend didn't leave me. I didn't have an argument with my mum. I didn't. It just came from a conditioned thought. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. And I and I, and I do what I always do. I, I just go with the thought without any restraint. Yeah. In conduct. And to cut a long story short. I took the girl hostage. I took heroin. When I went back, she saw my, that my eyes, because when you take heroin, your, your pupils dilate and go really small to mm-hmm. pins. Mm-hmm. And she saw that and then mm-hmm. it triggered her and she wanted some and I, and, and I got her some. I, I enabled her to, to relapse, wow. which was yeah. awful, you know. Um, and we ended up, my mum grew me since a kid. She knows when something's up, so she knew I'd mm. relapsed and she, she don't enable anymore. She kicked me out straight away, both of us. Yeah. And we ended up in the New Forest, um, somewhere, you know, near uh, outskirts of Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, at my partner's parents' house, who so were kind of middle class, good people, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just there smoking heroin. You know, I was just awful in the bed, depressed, wanted to die again. Yeah. Um, she woke up sick one morning crying, had to mm. get in, it broke my heart. You know, yeah. I had love for this girl. Yeah. You know, we had gone through the rehab process together. We cared for each other. We sat at home together. Yeah. And I couldn't bear seeing her sick like that. So I walked into the, um, I've got a big knife and I walked into a petrol station in the town centre mm. and I robbed it, armed robbery, in broad daylight on camera. I didn't care what happened to me. I needed to get drugs. Yeah. Um, so I got the drugs, um, and and then the police knew they didn't even know who I was on the camera. And, but what happened is the parents opened the local paper, which they read. Yeah. And there was my face on the on the centre page, and and it, it was just utter disbelief. Here's the guy that's living with her daughter in the back room. Yeah. On the centre page, doing an armed robbery in the petrol station. So they called the police, obviously, yeah. you know, within their rights. I don't yeah. blame them. Um, and now I, I went to prison for six years. And luckily, it wasn't in a, a life sentence. Luckily, I had heroin and crack in my system. Yeah. And they knew it was just bizarre for yeah. someone to London to know, to, you know, mm. not even put a mask on or, mm. you know, they knew I was desperate. Um, yeah. And, and they gave me a chance. They said, we're giving you six years. You need to try and sort it out now. You're 40 years old. You've been wow. coming to prison since you was a kid. Yeah. You've got drug issues. And, and off I went. And I remember it was the second time in my life. In, they took me to Belmar's top security prison. Mm. And it was the second time in my life where I didn't want to live on this earth no more. Mm. I, didn't, I, I didn't want to be here anymore. Mm. It was too painful. The hell was too much for me. I yeah. couldn't endure it anymore. Yeah. Um, and I was just spiritually broken I mean there'd be times before where I was broken but it was like I said to you it's very easily to normalise mm. stuff you know and mm. I'll just get over that initial and then you know back to normal again and mm. you know but this time something just broke my spirit you know it was nothing to do with my mind breaking I couldn't it, my spirit was just utterly totally broken mm. from living this way of life for how many years yeah and I remember I was so angry 
I saw an enemy that come onto my wing and I attacked him. And the officers come to restrain me and I attacked them. And they threw me in a segregation unit, which is um, a punishment block within mm -hmm. a prison. Mm -hmm. When people are not conforming to the rules or are unruly, they put them in a punishment block. Mm. Um, and you just have a bed and there's nothing in it. No table, no tellies, no, you know, you're just in a, with a mattress on the floor, mm. cell. And no one would come to my cell. I was deemed as unpredictable and violent mm. and dangerous. Yeah. Um, no Church of England priest would come, no ed education person, you know, no IMB, which is the Monitoring Board of Visitors. Yeah. Um, no one would come to my cell. And I remember this, this voice keep on saying, um, can you let me into Meta's cell? That's my second name. Yeah. And the, the officers said, no, he's, he's, he's unpredictable, he's violent. I yeah. can't go in there. And I remember this happened for three days. Mm. And on the third day, the door opened and <clears throat> this, this little Thai monk walked in. You know, I didn't know anything of monks then or anything. Mm. I just know that this little Asian man walked in, he was short. And he looked like he was wearing a curtain, yeah. you know, and he had these sandals on. Yeah. And I, I don't know, it was just so bizarre. It was so unorthodox to my sort of, you know, to, what you're used yeah, to. to my schemas. Yeah. Yeah, that, that something had to make me like look up and see what was happening there. Yeah. And not only that, the officers did something they'd never done before in their life. Mm. They closed the door behind them. Now, to close the door behind someone in a segregation unit for a visitor, for someone that's deemed unpredictable, violent, mm. you know, is, is very unorthodox, yeah. very peculiar. Mm. So that made me take notice as well. And this monk, he didn't say a word. He just walked to the back of the cell, you know. I was on my mattress at the bottom, my brother left, and he just walked past me to the back of the cell, and he kicked off his, his sandals. And he just sat cross-legged in a half-lotus position with one leg on top of the other. And he just closed his eyes and he had a half-smile on his face. And he just sat there. I mean, I know it now to be meditation, but at the time yeah. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. I've never seen anyone do this. Yeah. You know? And I thought, what, what, am I dreaming this? Is this? You know, this is surreal. Yeah. And something just went bing in my mind. I, I could, to this day, I can't, I can't explain what it was, but it was just like a, it was like an internal dialogue without words. Mm. And it was, how can this little man come in this top security prison? Not only that, be in the dungeon of that prison with all the people that are unruly within the prison in a concrete cold cell yeah. with a prisoner that's deemed unpredictable mm. and violent and sit down there with his eyes closed without any sort of fear, trepidation, angst, anxiety, not one eye open. He just seemed totally unaffected. Yeah. And I thought straight away, this is what I've been searching for my whole life. Yeah. You know? And he stayed there for about 10 minutes. I remember I was sort of stunned. It was a surreal moment. A real spiritual awakening. Yeah. That's the only way I could describe it. And after that, he opened his eyes and he, and he just started to talk to me. He said, how are you? You know? And it was just non-judgmental. Yeah. I could feel the compassion and the love. Yeah. Three days, this guy asked. He could have asked once, got refused and went about his business. Yeah. 
he, he, he asked for three days and he come in and he knew, he knew everything about my condition. And the reason he knew that is because he knew the mind mm. and he knew how my mind worked and he knew how I was suffering. And I told him about all this stuff that I'm doing and, and, and you know, that I've tried in my life and nothing's worked. And, and, and he calmly said, because you've never dealt with the root of the problem. Yeah. You know, you're withering a few bad branches or, or a few withered leaves. Mm. You know, you're just plastering symptoms. Yeah. You need to deal with your mind. Mm. That is the root of your problem. Yeah. And he taught me, he taught me um, Zen mindfulness. And it was basically what I just described he was doing. He was just sitting down in silence in the present moment. Mm. And he was unaffected. He was unaffected by his internal conditions, the thinking and the feelings. Mm. And he was unaffected by his external conditions, mm. the environment, the weather, the people that are around him, mm. you know? So he was neutral for mm. it all. And he told me that comes with learning how to detach from the mind activity, yeah. from the cognitive processes, yeah. you know? And he taught me, he taught me how to sit properly, mm. you know? He taught me, you know, what to do. He taught me to, to just sort of let go of any pain or strains in my body, close my eyes, bring my concentration to my breath, and then on each breath, just count one, and then count two, and then continue that process till 10, mm -hmm. and start the process again. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, so what, what happens when thoughts come in? And he said, you know, just allow it, welcome it as a friend. Mm -hmm. Don't try and push it away, become frustrated or angry mm -hmm. or think your meditation is going wrong. Just simply know it, accept it as a friend, welcome it and let it pass naturally mm -hmm. like a fleeting cloud. Mm -hmm. And I said, but how do you let it go? I've heard all this stuff about letting go and, and how do you, Bring your concentration back to your breath and the count, mm. and it will dissipate. Mm. That's how you cultivate concentration. And then he said, all you have to do essentially, when you're sitting in that present moment with your eyes closed, is just leave your front door and your back door open mm. and don't offer anything to you. Yeah. You know? That's it. And, and I started to do, I started to practice. And because this monk had spoke to me and my, I calmed down a little bit, you know, um, the officers let me back up to the main Mm -hmm. part of the prison and yeah. I went back to my cell and I did something that I've never done in my life and I don't know I don't know what I don't know what made me do it all I know is, is that it's, it's, it was just my true nature is starting to take precedence mm -hmm. over the mind yeah and it kicked I literally unplugged the TV as soon as I got in there and I threw it out on the landing for the officers to take yeah and they do this as a punishment. They take your TV away and they yeah. the prisoners are attached to it and uh. they watch it. And they, they thought, I've gone crazy. Yeah. And then what I did is I turned my cell into an ashram. You know, I had my yoga mat. I'd do little yoga stretches and exercises. I started to unite the breath with the movements. Yeah. I sat. Every, every opportunity I could get, I'd sit in silence. You know, yeah. sometimes with the eyes closed, sometimes with it open. Mm -hmm. I'd start partaking in, in my artwork, what I used to do since a kid, and I started yeah. to do meaningful drawings. Yeah. I listened to sort of, um, you know, conducive music mm. that goes with my well-being, yeah. as opposed to all the rap or the, the stuff that, that, that was, you know, 
um, contributing to my conditioning. Yeah. And what I learned to sit is uh, it not, not only did it introduce me to my true essence, my true nature of what mm. I was, who I was, it introduced me to the reality of my present moment. Yeah. See, I've never known the present moment, Alex. Yeah. I've never lived in it or dwelled in it. Yeah. It was either I was living in the past, mm -hmm. you know, um, living in self self misery or self hatred or base or guilt mm -hmm. or remorse based on the past, or I was projecting to better futures. Yeah. I'm going to get to here. I'm going to get to there. I'm going to do that. I'm going to, you know, all the while I was missing life. Yeah. In the moment. Yeah. You know. And that's what it taught me to do when I sat. When I sat, I started to see. I started to see that my thoughts were just fleeting. Mm. They were just thoughts. They were just thoughts. They'd come and go based mm. on all different conditions. And yeah. Why did I have to grasp onto them mm. or attach to them? Yeah. You know, I started to see that my feelings were the same. Mm. As a human, as this, 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 this physical form that I've got hosts yeah. a lot of feelings and emotions, yeah. all different ones. Yeah. Why am I labeling them and mm. picking and choosing and then attaching mm. to them? So I started to learn to let go. Mm. And that's what it was for me. Learning to live was learning to let go. Yeah. Letting go of the thoughts. Letting go of the feelings. Mm. Letting go of the core beliefs. Yeah. Letting go of the warped perspectives. Mm. Letting go of the addictions. You know? And I started to see my, my reality. And not only that, I started to sense uh, uh, an underlying peace and joy mm. that 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 was that was immovable. Mm. So all this time that I was looking for peace and happiness and joy, I was looking for it in this. I was looking for it in that. I was looking for it in this and that. All the while it was within me, yeah, but just obscured. Mm. So all I did was learn to unlearn everything that I've learned. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and the rest took care of itself. Um, and how long does that? Karma. I was just going to say, with you know, especially for for people for people listening, I think listening to you just, I mean, it keeps me present, but so calm. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because I can I can tell you know that you are definitely not that person that you described. Mm. You know, and I truly believe this mm. as well. You know, I, like you, you know, I kind of studied, you know. Uh, with the with the with the monk as well, and it's beautiful what they teach, yeah. you know, about just letting go and just allowing life yeah. to to happen right here and now, you know, because we are human beings are experts at living in the past and projecting yeah. the future, a future that we're never going to reach. Yeah. And then what we do is, is because we never reach, we keep you know remembering yeah. and living in this suffering of the past, don't we? Yeah. And then when we keep attaching to all of these things all the time and never being here and now, you know, which gets us into those beautiful futures, or actually futures that we never thought we would ever be able to have, yeah. you know? What was the, the sort of the, the process of, of letting go? And I guess for some people that might not understand what that means, you know, because for me, as I understand today, is there is no difference between you and I. I think the one thing that tells us apart is our fingerprint. Yeah. But, you know, you have hair on your head, I have. We have facial hair, we have eyes, we have mouth. We feel and experience exactly the same thing. Yeah. Our thought processes are exactly the same. You know, human conditioning and, and human emotions are not different. Yeah. I've learned that. Yeah. You know, we're born in exactly the same way and we're going to go exactly the same way. Sometimes it just happens in a different way, but we all die one day, don't we? What's the, 
that kind of that process of of letting go because we still feel those emotions and the thought is still there you know what do you mean by sort of letting go you know for people that may not understand what that means does that mean sort of not feeling those emotions anymore or is it just kind of accepting them for what they are explain that i, th- I think that's a very prominent question Alex, because you know when you tell people or when you say to people you know i've learned to detach the initial response their mind will have is that you're cold mm. or you, you know, you have no warmth for mm. you. You don't feel, yeah. you know, and it's totally to the contrary. Mm. There is, um, when I feel, I, I'll give you an example. A lot of, a lot of my actions and that were born out of anger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I learned to associate violence with anger. Yeah. So every time I got angry, I was conditioned that I had to hurt something. Right. And, and there's two ways a human can do that. They mm-hmm. can either hurt themselves internally, mm-hmm. self-harm, yeah. or they can hurt a project externally. Yeah. I projected it externally, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's why I understand people that self-harm, because yeah. it's no different, no. the process. It's yeah, all from anger. Yeah. So I didn't know how to handle anger. Anger was very, I used anger as one of my prime, anger was one of my primary addictions. Mm-hmm. And I, what I mean by that is, when I, when I learned to attach to anger and identify with it, I learned that that smothered all other feelings. Mm-hmm. That, that anger was so intense mm-hmm. so, that it smothered and overwhelmed all other feelings. Yeah. So I was happy to feel the anger. It's sort of bizarre, but mm-hmm. rather than feel all the other stuff, yeah, yeah. The, you know, the rejection, the, mm-hmm. you know, the sorrow. The, so... I always viewed anger as a negative connotation that you had to get rid of that or you had to go somewhere to pacify it or, but today I realized the reality that anger is just another beautiful human emotion. Mm. It's normal, Mm. you know, but today the transition of me letting go is not that I let go of the anger or ignore it or Mm. I reject it or push it out or Mm. suppress it. I'm able to be that anger. Mm. I'm able to feel it mm. without attachment, mm. yeah? Without, see the problem comes is when you attach the mind data to the anger. Yeah. The anger's all right. Mm. You as a human being, you're made to experience that. When I experience anger in silence, I just be it. I observe it. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. I feel the anger, it passes. And it passes very quickly. Yeah, it does. Do you know why? Because I don't attach the mind data to it. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens is you might feel the anger initially, right? And then when you attach the mind data to it, that's it, you've latched on. Yeah. And the mind data, uh, I'll give you a few scenarios. How dare he speak to me like that? Mm. Who does he think he is? Does he know who I am? Oh my God, what's these feelings I'm feeling? I don't like it, it's uncomfortable. He's trying to mug me off. Blah, 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 blah. blah. Mm. So there's the problem there. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've created it yeah. yourself. Mm. Whereas, like I said to you, whereas you're, you're powerless over the first fault. Now, how dare he speak to me like that? First fault, yeah? Mm. Like I said, with the breath, wherever you are, mm. one, two, with that comes a true perspective. Mm. Doesn't matter how he speaks to me like that. It's just noise. Okay. Maybe he's upset. 
He's had his own conditioning. Mm. Maybe he was physically abused. Maybe, you know, we're yeah. humans. We've all got our... And yeah. when, you, when you said, because that's why it's so important what you said before, that me and you are the same. Yeah. When you're able to see, mm. this society wants to, it wants to separate you. Yeah. It wants to categorize you, isolate you. And this is where all hatreds, prejudices, yeah. wars, it comes from. Yeah. Because you take that bit of land, you call it Africa. You take that bit of land, you call it Brazil. Yeah. We're better than this. No, we're better than mm. it's labeling. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like you said, me and you, even beyond the hair and that, mm. there's just, we are the same essence. Yeah. We are that same awareness and consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. When you see that through another human being, when your perspective is based in reality to say, that human is me. Yeah. They've had their own conditioning. Mm. They've got their own defense mechanisms. They've yeah. got their own behaviors. Yeah. When you're able to see that mm. straight away, there's yeah. an innate compassion. Yeah. Now, it's very hard to add all that when the passion is your mm. truth. Yeah. Mm. So that's one example of letting go. Yeah. That you just feel that emotion. Mm. You be it. Yeah. Now, the best way to let go is fundamentally to know that they are all equal. Mm. But I'll take it back again. So viewers are aware of the process yeah. that this conditioning of labeling everything yeah. is a root cause of one of our many sufferings. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. Now, there come a time when we were when we were cavemen or mm. or, or or when the human evolution was just they just had feelings yeah and they weren't even called feelings because that, yeah. that's language feelings it's a word yeah they just had physical sensations yeah yeah, yeah. right dependent on you know they'd have a different physical sensation if they were going hunting yeah they might fear a bit of you know the angst or the bit of you know that keeps mm. them alive yeah to a different physical sensation than they're with their partner yeah, yeah. so i want to know when did it get to a stage where humans were able to observe these transitory, untangible things mm. and start labeling them. Yeah. Anger, joy, sorrow, happiness, jealousy, resentment. And then, and then humans will have the happiness, will have the euphoria. We'll, we don't want anger. We, do you get what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. So we pick and reject. It's all likes and dislikes. Yeah. Now, one of my biggest gifts today is learning to accept all my feelings equally. Yeah. It was massive because yeah. I used to use on these feelings. Yeah. I used to destruct on these feelings. Yeah. You know? I could talk myself into depression within 10 seconds. Oh, it's easy. Into depression. Yeah. <laughs> what doctors will diagnose you. Yeah, yeah. You could talk yourself into that. Yeah. Go to a doctor's. Yeah. You tell them. Yeah. They don't ask you anything about what get you there. No. But you're diagnosed as depressive. Yeah. And then you just sustain that through yeah. medication. Yeah. So <clears throat> when you're able to accept things equally, there is letting go. Mm. You know? Mm. Because you don't pick over the next. Mm. You're not wanting to suppress that and wanting to get to that. Mm. You're just allowing it. And it passes naturally. And mm. and 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 easily. Yeah. It's it's comfortable. Yeah. It's not you know, so 
that's all, listen, all letting go, it doesn't matter how you say it, you know, there's, there's you know, a lot of people adhere to the notion of hand, handing it over, mm. hand your will over to a God or a higher power, um, but fundamentally, it's the same, like, it's just letting go. Yeah. That's all you, letting go is when you're pushing something out of the mind, you're not attaching to it. Mm. It's the acceptance, isn't it, as well? Which is a that's it. another one, isn't it? Yeah. We, that's, that's it. That's yeah. It's just accepting word. like it's okay. Same word. Yeah. Letting go is the, no different to acceptance. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. raining today, accept it. Yeah. No, oh my God, I wanted to do this and do that. <laughs> Mum, yeah. what you do? You know? And yeah. then you take it out on the world. And yeah. It's a different condition. Yeah. Except the ego. Yeah. How beautiful it replenishes the yeah. earth. I always find that really interesting. Funny you <laughs> say that because I have people say, oh, I'm just really pissed off because it's raining outside. Yeah. What's that got to do with anything? I get that. It's beautiful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Label. Imagine sitting here and you can see, you know what I mean? You can see from both sides and you see green and, you know, and it's beautiful. And when you imagine when it's sunny, it's exactly the same. It's a little bit cloudy in London today, but. Yeah. That's the thing, exactly what you describe is about picking and choosing what, you know, what we want and what we want to reject, you know? Yeah. But this is the thing that um, I've learned as well. It's that word expectation. Yeah. We expect everything, yeah. you know? And the, the, the funniest thing is, is we, you know, it's not just we expect from us, is we expect from other people, yeah. you know? And this is where we all then go into this failure. That's another yeah. word as well, yeah. you know? And I asked you about that, you know, what's your, you know, what do you think about failure? Yeah. And for me, that word doesn't exist. Failure and perfection doesn't yeah. exist. They mean the same thing to yeah. me, yeah. you know? Yeah. Chase perfection, what happens, you yeah. fail. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, you're constantly in that, you know, in that yeah. cycle. Again, it's attachment, isn't yeah. it? It's attaching to this, to you know, to, uh, when you were talking about, um, you know, acceptance and letting go, the first thing that popped into my head was false evidence appearing real. Yeah. That's what fear is, isn't yeah. it? You know, it's the kind of the breakdown of fear. That's exactly it. Which is so true, isn't it? You know, again, I know it's another, it's another label, but it's an interesting one for people to realize that false evidence appearing real. It's just a thought. That's all it is, you know, and you, you described it so well and you're on your, and this is why I love your, your, your story and what you've done because it shows that again, everything is possible, you know, everything is possible in life, you know, and, and I'm a true believer that, you know, us as a society, you know, we're born limitless. Look at babies. I've mentioned Ooh. this so many times, Ooh. and I'll keep mentioning this. If you watch a baby from the day that they're born until they grow into a little human, Ooh. you know what I mean? Until they're kind of growing and walking around. How many times do they fall and bang their heads and they yeah. hurt themselves and they cry? And exactly that, they let go of the emotion. Two minutes later, they're doing the same thing again. <laughs> There's no fear attached to that, is there? Yeah, There's yeah. no emotion or, yeah. oh, I shouldn't do this because I'm yeah. going to hurt myself. Yeah. They don't want I'm going to try it again. Yeah. So they do, they pick themselves up, they try it again and again and again and again. The next thing you know, they're crawling, they're walking and they're sitting up and they're talking. And then when they start to learn those master behaviors, they get passed down from generation to generation and then start to go from being limit, you know, completely unlimited where they can do absolutely anything to them would become conditioning, which is what you said, you know? And that's where we are, I believe, and I know that you do. Which is where we are now, isn't it? And this is where racism now, you know, you get addiction, you get all of these things now, you know, that we're seeing on, on the news and everything else. And it, it just baffles me, man. Yeah. Because I think 
because you're awake now. Who's this for? With your eyes are wide open. But who's whose know. benefit is this for? Yeah. You know, people waste hours and like literally just talking and debating about Trump and what he's doing and what he's not doing, yeah. bro. Yeah. What would be funny? I couldn't give a shit what any of these people are doing because yeah. they're not doing anything good to yeah. the world. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. My primary purpose yeah. is to get a message to as many millions and billions of people as possible yeah. so that if I can help one life and that can ripple effect to another, Definitely. I'm doing my job. Definitely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And that's an amazing thing, what you're doing. You know, because like I said to you, it is some people go to the grave remaining asleep the whole life you know and by the way you're talking you know i can see that there's you know awakenings happened there and i can see that in others mm. you know by myself being awake i can see it in others and that's the beautiful thing that's 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 all i want in life that's my vocation mm. is i want to light other people's candles yeah i want to use my candle to light mm. other people's flames you know yeah. and, and awaken them yeah and the only the only sort of apprehension I have is how am I going to transmit to people what I've experienced, mm. you know, and I don't, wherever I go, you know, it's very, when I, when I speak, when you speak to the truth that people are asleep, you know, it's very, it's not, it's not received well, mm. you know, I'm very unconventional. I'm very unorthodox. Mm. And, you know, when people are asleep and they want to stay in their comfort zone, mm. they don't want to hear it. But I will always stand. I will always stand in my truth. Mm. And I will always know that the motive in my heart is to help that person that has been to that state of hell, that yeah. state of mind referred to as hell as I have. Mm. You know, yeah. because like you said, society is suffering. Mm. You know, it did, we were fortunate, you know, I was fortunate enough to have drugs and alcohol to get me through that yeah. pain. Yeah. There's people out there that are living <clears throat> in behaviours and perspectives mm. that they're completely suffering, that don't have that no. luxury. Yeah. You know, they hang themselves, they throw themselves off bridges, they take yeah. overdoses, yeah. you know, they end up in mental institutions. Yeah. Yeah. This is how powerful <clears throat> the mind is. Yeah. And this is why I adhere to the fact that Everything is mind. Yeah. You know, forget about going to this and going to that and doing this and doing that. Yeah. Mm. You have to learn to master your mind. Yeah. By mastering your mind, you master your universe. Yeah. Because everything is perspective mm. and interpretation. Yeah. You can have the same experience as me. Mm. Yeah. And you will have your cognitive processes and end up in hell. Yeah. And I will have my cognitive processes. And end up in heaven. Mm. But we've just experienced the same thing. Yeah. So how I learn today and how I sustain and how I grow is all experiential. Yeah. It's through direct experience. Mm. It's not from any book. Mm. It's not from any teacher or guru. Mm. Yeah. It's not from any external agent mm. that's going to protect me and guide me because mm. it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. This is from a higher consciousness. This is from my true nature beyond mm. mind. And what I do is, when I talk about experiential, I learn from my direct experiences. Yeah. So I'll go into an experience, and I have that experience. And then how I act 
interact or engage in that experience mm. will determine whether I'm living in harmony or have peace or joy, mm. yeah, or I have agitation of mind, yeah. anger, mm. resentment, you know, mm. it teaches me. It's not to say that sometimes I don't go here, mm. but what I know today is that when I go here, I know that when a similar when a similar experience has presented itself, because that's what life does. Yeah. I've got that, I've got that schema. I've got yeah. that blueprint from before. Yeah. Hang on a minute. I took that interpretation. I took that action. I took, and this is where I led. I yeah. sleep for three days. I was on antidepressants. I was like, yeah. Mm. This time, I'm going to try it this way. Yeah. And when you try it that way and you experience the peace, the joy, mm. it reinforces that. Yeah. That is reconditioning. Yeah. You know? And that's what it's about. It's just um, remaining teachable, isn't it? That's the thing. That's I think the it's, key. You know, and, and we were talking earlier about Bruce Lee, you know, and he he was one of those people, isn't he? He was like a philosopher, isn't he? In 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 a sense where he always talked about just remaining fluid, you know. He talks about just being, you know, be water, you know, don't be rigid. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's, and again, it literally just came to me. It's about you know, we 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 were born limitless yeah what we do is we we make ourselves so rigid and he even talked about it then look you know you've got a guy here who's you know greatest martial artist in the world telling us in his own way become limitless yeah you know don't you know just don't rigid yourself so much into the things that you're doing allow the process to happen do everything that you want to do yeah you know what i mean you know and that's the thing with 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 life isn't it you know one of these these you know I used to watch a lot of Bruce Lee as a kid, and and you know when you're a kid, you just you 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 just um, you're in awe and attached to yeah. the fighting. Yeah. But now, as an adult, I'm yeah. becoming more awake. I go back to seeing things that I see, and now I don't see the fighting. Jesus. I see the teachings. Yeah. And when he says, you know, be be limitless. Mm. You know, be like water. Mm. You know, supple, free flowing. Yeah. Water can drip, flow, crash. Mm. You know. Yeah. Be water. And when he says use no technique as technique, yeah, you know, mm. no technique is the highest form of technique, yeah, you know, non action as action, yeah. It, these are, you know, because he was a Taoist, you know, mm. and, and these are Taoist philosophies, and, 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 and it's beautiful, man. All yeah. these different, you know, Jesus, mm. you know, Buddha, yeah, Taoism, all these awakened people and teachings, yeah. yeah, they're all the same, yeah, you know, and it's fun. I just want to touch on what you said about, you know, because what's fundamentally changed my life as well is that, like I said to you, I learned through direct experience. Now, I've always, I've always watched um, wildlife, mm-hmm. David Attenborough. Oh, I yeah. love wildlife. Yeah, same. Know, animals in their own yeah, habitat. Yeah, yeah. And I've always, I've always been in awe, and I've always asked myself, how come these animals just live in total harmony yeah. with life? Yeah. You know? I've never seen a depressed duck or <laughs> yeah. a tiger with yeah. anxiety. Yeah. Yet to see it, Alex. Yeah. And like you, I've got nephews and, and, and I love little children, and yeah. especially the children from like, you know, like six, seven months yeah. to a bit under the age of three. Yeah. And they live in that total spiritual dimension. Yeah. Like you it's said, free. there's no fear. No. This is what I see in my nephews. They're both under three. Yeah. One's one, one's, one's exactly three. Yeah. They have no concept of a past no. or a future. No. 
they don't even have a concept of them as their self. No. If I say, whose toy is this? They'll say Alexander's, like yeah. in the third person. Yeah. <laughs> They're not attached to any toy. Yeah. They can put it down. Like you said, they could be emotional. They could be crying one minute, be that emotional, yeah. and break into a giggle straight away the yeah. next. Yeah? Yeah. If you ask them to get that pen over there, they'll do it willingly, yeah. selflessly. Yeah. You know? They love you unconditionally. Yeah. That is our true nature, man. That's it. That, and, then, and then what happens is, like I said to you, if you look at these children and you look at these wildlife, these animals, and both of them live in total harmony with life. Yeah. Have you ever seen one of them that needs to um, pray mm. or meditate mm. or offer a sacrifice or yeah. adhere to a deity? Or... Yeah. I've not seen one. No. And they, they live in total peace and harmony yeah. with love. So, you know, it, it teaches me that, that, you know, to live in harmony with life is to just accept your reality mm. and detach from this. Mm. No one, you're always going to think, you're always going to, you know, it's like a motorway, yeah? You're on a bridge of a motorway, right? Your mind is the road, yeah? yeah. And you've got all these cars going on the motorway. Mm. Imagine if you were to stop every car, mm. you know, attach grass onto every car. There'd be chaos. Yeah, you would. That's be able how to your do it. mind is. Yeah. That's how the mind is. Mm. And then what you do is you learn to just let the cars flow. Yeah. You're unaffected. Mm. You know? Because like you said, we were given this mind as a tool. Mm. We were we're fortunate enough. Yeah. Yeah? Mm. You've got to remember them little kids and the animals, do you know why they're living in total harmony with life? Because they haven't got this. Yeah. They use it for the right reason, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. They haven't got this. They don't have all that cognitive data that labels, interprets, yeah. analyzes. Mm. It's only after kids start developing self-concept that yeah. the mind starts to develop. And yeah. So freedom is detaching from that mind. Man. Yeah. Your true essence will take care of the rest. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Whether I have a car today or go on the train tomorrow, whether I have a partner today or I'm single tomorrow, mm. whether I have a job today or I'm unemployed tomorrow, mm. I accept all of them conditions equally. Yeah. Because it's reality of life. Yeah. You know? Well, life is not what we have externally, is it? It's what we are. Yeah. That's you life. Are the life. Yeah, yeah, I am the life. Yeah. You're the life. Yeah. And this is the thing, isn't it? It's it's understanding that listen, we, you know, we're we're talking into into a mic and you know and, and we're doing this, you know, this which you know will be heard for years to come. Do you know what I mean? But this is not life. Do you know what I mean? We are. That's the experience right now. You know? That's the, 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 these are the things that I think are so important to remember. You know, you touched on about, you know, the animal kingdom and, you know, and, and how we are as human beings. Mm. You know, it, it's fascinating, is it? Because you mentioned that you never see an animal, you know, that's depressed or the only times I have seen it is when you cage them. When there's human contamination. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same with us, isn't it? Is when we become caged into the educational system, yeah. you know, when we get told where we sure. should and shouldn't do, what we yeah. should and shouldn't wear. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. That when we were cavemen, or even in the Egyptian times, you see what I mean? And I was just, it literally just, yeah. thought, it just clicked yeah. to me. I was thinking, well, actually, yeah, that's exactly what happened to us as well. Mm. You know, we were free as human beings yeah. once. Yeah. You know, we lived in peace and we lived in harmony, and all of a sudden, someone just decided. Oh, 
I watched the program and, and they wiped out, yeah, this is in the addiction times, you know, the, you know, the, the higher powers, you know, the, the people in power in, in Egypt at the, at the time, they felt threatened by this, this colony of people that lived mm. in peace. Mm. They lived in their own little yeah. place and they wiped them out yeah. completely, yeah. completely wiped them out because they felt threatened. Mm. And, and I guess that's where, and, and apparently that's where organized religion was then born. Do you know mm. what I mean? And I mean, that's a completely different story, but I think this is the thing, isn't it? It's, it's trying to control another human being, you know, trying to control a situation. You know, animals are free. They can don't control each other, do they? Exactly. You know, a, a, a lioness gives mm. birth to, to, you know, to their babies. Mm. Once they're a certain age, they go, see ya, go and look after mm. you. There's not this codependency, no. you know, exactly. this attachment yeah. to, to emotion yeah. and everything else is, we're going to teach you everything you need to know. Mm. You're going to go and live life and create your own family, mm. you know, and, and that's how we were as human beings. There was no attachment to, you know, to a person or, Yes, we're here to, to reproduce and to keep this beautiful earth going, but that's as far as it goes. And all of a sudden now we're restricted, you know, you must go to uni, you must do this, you must do that, you must do this, you must get a job, you must get a house, you must get this car. And this is where you see now, isn't it? It's incredible that we look at statistics now, you know, men, us, you know, mm. do you know what I mean? Men, you know, 35 to 44. Apparently, it's like 83% now, do you know what I mean, uh, uh, committing suicide. It's a higher rate than women. There are more men around the world. Mm. I mean, this is just for UK statistics. I don't have the exact statistics, but, you know, it's, it's higher than, than ever. It's criminal, man. Yeah. And men don't have the, the strength to be able to go to another man, you know, as we are sitting here right now, and to be able to talk on, honestly and openly and mm. say, listen, dude, I need help. And that for me is what, it just breaks me, man, because I think, is this what we've come to now in a society where, you know, we, yeah, it's great that we have all these opportunities externally, but more and more, more and more of us are dying because we've got to a point where we don't know how to express our own emotions. Yeah. These are, whether you want to label them God-given or, you know, they're human-given emotions. Mm -hmm. It's what they're there for, as you said. And that's a good point because it's very difficult to, um, when your vocation is to, is to help people, to alleviate their suffering. Um, I mean, I could go around, I could give the homeless fivers or meals or, but these are just dealing with the symptoms. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. All right, they get a meal for a day, but I don't want to do that. Mm. I want to teach them how to fish. Yeah. You know, so they yeah. can look after themselves. So yeah. I want to awaken yeah. I want to awaken them to the root of the problem. Yeah. And that's why I always stick to that. And, and, you're, and it, it reminds me of the film, The Matrix. Yeah, yeah. Matrix. You know where they're stuck in that sort of conformity yeah. of life where they're yeah. conditioned into this and, and they won't unplug. You know, mm. you know, Morpheus comes and offers you the red pill yeah. to see how far the rabbit hole goes so yeah. and awaken or take yeah. a blue pill. And, and, and it's like, that's how it is with, like you said, men and society mm. today as a whole. They mm. don't want to, you know, they don't want to take that leap and mm. take the red pill and become unplugged mm. because then, then th that same fear is still there mm. of what next, you know, who am I beyond that? Who, you know, because people's self, the, the image is dependent on all these external conditions. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So it's dependent on the way they look. Yeah. It's dependent on, you know, the way that people view them. Yeah. It's dependent on, they go there and sculpt this, you know, so, 
all the while people are doing that, they're missing what they truly are, yeah. what their essence is, mm -hmm. you know, and it's why it's a beautiful thing to, to, to do, you know, to have what you're doing because this is a way to reach, um, you know, millions of people and I've come here today with the sole motive that, you know, someone can listen to this and know, you know, through my experience, which is direct experience, that they can change, not next week, not next month, mm. not next year, but right here mm. in this moment. Mm. This is where change ever is. Mm. This is where enlightenment ever is. This mm. is where awakening ever is. Mm. Right here in this moment. Yeah. And it comes with that step, you know? Mm. So, you know, I was, I, was, I was a human being that was pushed so far from my true nature. And also, you know, there was no humanism in me. Mm. It was just totally alien. I won't even call it animal because that would be a disservice to the animals. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. We should be called the animals, mm. you know? Um, but it was totally alien. And, and I've turned that around, you know? I've, I've overcome that. I've transcended that. And... You know, I have to keep on blossoming and growing because it's very easy. The mind is always looking for a route back in to take control. Mm. It's not gone anywhere. It's mm. waiting there patiently. Yeah. And, you know, it tries to manifest in different things, different behaviors. Mm. You know, it tries to, if it can't come in the front door, it'll come in the back door. So I always have to be vigilant. Yeah. And I don't mean a vigilance out of fear mm. or rigidness. Mm. You know, it's just um, I'm more in touch with that observer today. And it's just that simple awareness, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's one of the things I've learned um, just uh, over, over time, you know, that the, the brain is the most powerful thing, most powerful tool that, you know, we've been given. Yes, technology is great, but it was created by a human being. It didn't mm. create itself, mm. you know? So the human brain is designed for, I believe, I haven't read anything. This is my personal belief. It's like you, you know, I go into my meditation and I just learn things. And I keep, yeah. and there's, no, there's no books or anything. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff that comes out of my mouth comes from me. Yeah. And I understand today that the brain is here to protect us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the function of the brain. It's here yeah. to protect us. Fight or fly. Ooh, it's been here for billions of years you know however old the brain is and the behaviors when we talked about you know when we start off at that point in life where we come out of mum and you know when we're born into life you know the brain then starts to you know to to understand what's going on you know we we, we have to you know our caregivers our parents look after us so it's like same as the animal kingdom we're yeah. following the same line you know yeah. same lifeline you know we get protected we get looked after up until that point that's what happens exactly the same thing in the in, in the animal kingdom and then as we get to a point where we start looking after ourselves then we're okay as i described before you know our emotions our experiences everything that we have are exactly the same we just got given these really unique fingerprints that mm. you know tells us apart mm. Mm. beautiful 
But the thing is, is our emotions and everything that happens, they all happen the same way. Is that you take, as you described, you take one direction, I take another. Funny that, that all of a sudden we all come back at the same point, don't yeah. we? You know? Yeah. And the beautiful thing is that you've learned and I've learned and, you know, there are thankfully so many more people out there that have learned this now and have awakened to realize that, you know what? The brain just wants to protect us, not to harm us. So when we learn all of these things, you know, from the consciousness and it goes to the subconscious, you know, these things just get ingrained. But that's because we taught the brain to do that. We taught the brain to use drugs, alcohol, sex, food, shopping, whatever it is, whatever addiction we want to label. All we've done is we told the brain, this is our fault. We have to take personal responsibility for these things that, you know, because we couldn't deal with our emotions, what we did is we used all of those external things to fix us because we didn't want to look at our emotions. Mm. Fine. So we go into depression, fear, anxiety, so on and so forth, and everything else that we label. But the most beautiful thing that you described is that the brain molds and changes all the time. So all of the things that you learn and I learn and everybody else in the world learns can be unlearned. Yes, that we still remember them, and every now and then they come back. But what I've learned is don't look at those things as a bad thing. Don't look at them as, oh, my brain's trying to attack me or, mm. you know, or it's trying to get me or the devil, whatever. Yeah. It's not. It's just your brain saying to you, are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. Because yeah. historically you wanted to do something else. Yeah. And I've learned, you know, usually I just use two little words, not today. Yeah. Or thanks for sharing. Yeah. Just kindness, love, yeah. kindness to myself. Yeah. Just for my brain to go, okay. Because it's like if you're doing something that I don't like or I'm doing something to you, you go, oh, stop doing that. And I go, all right. It's exactly the same process. Yeah. You know, but we're having that relationship internally. Yeah. And if we have that relationship internally from a loving place, then what we're doing is, is we're teaching ourselves to go, oh, okay, well, let's connect with that emotion and because now I understand that it's okay for us to do so. Yeah. And that's when, as you said, you know, we kind of wake up and start to realize, actually, I don't want to be doing this anymore. I don't want to do this job. I don't want to buy this. I don't want to consume my life with external things. Actually, I want to help him, her, and you know, and be able to reach out to somebody else. Because mm-hmm. what I've learned actually feels incredible. I want to teach yeah. out to someone else. Yeah. Does that make sense? Definitely. Definitely. Complete sense. Um, you know, especially about the... I mean, I'm a bit... I think the brain... The brain, the brain is all... all autonomous I mean mm. the brain just it just functions by itself yeah. and it never deviates mm. from its function mm. do you get what I'm saying mm. but the mind I think the mind is a different entity yeah. because the mind does deviate and it yeah. does serve and, and the mind can serve to hurt the human yeah. the host yeah. you know and, and that's that's through my direct experience because my mind uh, my brain has never tried to lead me astray. Mm. It's never inundated me with, um, you know, all these negative thought processes. Yeah. You know, it, it's just, it serves as its purpose. It's got its long-term memory, it's, it's short-term memory. Mm. You know, it's got all these functions and it, it, it just it just can't deviate from that. Yeah. You know, bar you get brain damage mm. or you're hit, you know, it, mm. it doesn't deviate from its function. Yeah. Now, the mind is a total, you know, different thing. And... I don't know whether it's created by the brain or not, but what I do know is that the self 
this is what the mind is when we refer to a self mm. so like you said you know you're a self i'm a self but fundamentally we are the same essence mm -hmm. so as soon as you're as soon as you're manifested into that physical form mm. like you said you've got your unique fingerprint mm. this is where the separation comes in mm. this is when you start from about three year olds onward you start to become attached mm. to this notion of a self mm. and like you said with that self comes all the self-seeking mm. like you said all the external stuff that mm. validates the self yeah you know and once you start to penetrate that i mean you know when you learn to let go of that self mm. you know that that is where the freedom is and it's it's very difficult to um it's very difficult to transmit that to someone who's suffering because they'll either get it or they don't mm. and nine times out of ten the only time they're ready to get that is when they have exhausted all other avenues mm. i mean when they've had that spiritual break what i had mm. not little rock bottoms yeah, yeah we yeah. can just normalize yeah and we i mean that real i can't do this anymore mm. i cannot do it i'm gonna do whatever it takes mm. because me and you didn't just get to where we are no yeah absolutely there was a process involved mm. and we only we only experienced our freedom from within the prison yeah <laughs> yeah you don't experience freedom for freedom mm. <laughs> yeah. check it we grew out of our suffering yeah so like the lotus flower yeah. that resides in murky water mm. and then you have the you know the blossoming of the beautiful flower above yeah you know this is what it is it's a process and you said a key word in this interview and that is teachable mm. and most of society we're not yeah we're taught yeah we're fed we eat what we're fed mm. blindly mm. you know so it's only it only gets to a point where someone's able to receive it but we can give it yeah and that's that's hard especially having the compassion that you you're sitting there subjectively you've experienced what they've experienced you know exactly the state of mind they're in the hell they're in and you know the way out and you're above the hole holding your hand and they won't take your hand man mm, I know. that is i found that in the beginning stages very frustrating mm. but then i had to learn the process that hey they're human man mm. i've got to have the compassion the love and kindness to know that mm. they're exactly where i was at yeah. the years when the worst people and the all, all the signs and the the podcasts and the YouTubes and were trying to help me. Yeah. But I was only on one frequency. Mm. You know? Mm. I was stuck on KISS FM. Yeah. And I wasn't tuning into No Smooth. Yeah. Or, do you know what I mean? <laughs> For yeah. anybody. Yeah. So, you know, it's, 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 it's a tough task we're up against. But, you know, I firmly... 
take on I take on the, the mantra that like you said if I can reach that one person mm. it is a ripple effect man yeah because not only affecting that person you're affecting their family mm. you're affecting their immediate environment mm. you're affecting and when you can see that you, you stay with the vigor yeah with the, the passion mm. and with the love and patience that it takes yeah. to know because sometimes when i talk about what i've experienced and i didn't learn to talk like this or mm. you know i spoke in very broken slang everything was a swear word yeah it was very aggressive that mm -hmm. was my language yeah so you know i turned that around mm -hmm. so you know i don't swear i don't try not to swear anymore you know i yeah. do sometimes when i get excited or but yeah. i wheel it back in yeah. and i try and condition that into my you know so when I speak, you know, sometimes it is a bit difficult for people to comprehend and I have to adjust that, yeah. you know, I have to, because I have to, if I, if I, if I sincerely want to help people, yeah. I have to reach them at the language they're going to understand it or yeah. whatever mode of transport they're going to receive it. Yeah. And, and that's the learning process for me, you know, so, you know, I'm, I'm completely, I'm completely content. And I'm completely at peace in this moment, right here, right now, mm. in the experience I'm joined with you. Yeah. You know, it's not my experience. Yeah. I'm one with it, with you. Yeah. You know, you're involved in it. The screen's involved in it. This kitchen unit's involved in it. Yeah. This experience here, right here, right now, mm. I'm fully content. I'm in harmony with my life. I'm in harmony with my internal conditions, mm. my emotions, my thoughts. And I'm internal with my, uh, I'm, I'm in harmony with my external conditions. Um, but that'll be no good. That'll mm. be like a monk who becomes awakened and goes to the mountain and yeah. just lives out his, 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 um, his, his peace and contentment by himself. Because yeah. how is that going to help yeah. the world and its suffering? Yeah. You know? yeah. I adhere to Siddhartha Gautama's um, teachings of philosophy, and he mm. was the Buddha. Mm. You know, and he, he realized enlightenment. He left his family, he left the king a palace, mm. he was a prince, mm. and he left all that desires and every all his you know worldly possessions, mm. he left his family, his young child mm. to go and seek the truth. Yeah, you know, the reality of life. And he yeah. did it. Yeah. And at first he started off with all these um rigid teachers and gurus mm. that were hurting themselves and starving themselves mm. and you know. Um, in rigidness and attached to routines and dogmas and deities and, and he realised that went away mm. and he went and sat underneath a Bodhi tree mm. and he said I'm not moving from here until I realise reality yeah. in the same way that I saw my reality mm. and I was introduced to my true essence mm. he saw his yeah. you know mm. and he could have just left it there yeah. but he didn't mm. he walked thousands of miles to the day he died mm. and everywhere he went Mm. people followed it yeah because no one could refute anything mm. you know um and that 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 you know that that philosophy changed my life man when nothing else could i mean someone asked me the question the other day zach you 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 say you've been in hell all your life i say yeah i have even at the times i thought were euphoric or happiness were not mm. they were awful inside I said, I have all my life. He said, and, and, and trauma and, you know, suffering. And, yeah. He said, would you go back and do it all over again? 
if you had the um, choice. And I said, if I'm experienced the state of mind that I've got now, the freedom I have now, the peace and joy and the harmony, I will go back and do that all over again. Mm. Because I'm 40 years old and I'm awakened. Mm. Like I said to you, there's people that stay mm. governed by that mind mm. and stay in pain and that hell all their life. Mm. You know? Yeah, man. And that's the thing, isn't it? It's life now, it just doesn't compare, does it? You know? People ask me the question, you know, do you regret anything? No, I don't. Exactly. I don't regret anything in my life. Got you to right here, right now. Yeah, exactly. You know, and this is the thing. Like for me, I, I, and actually, I think the answer to to the question it will be exactly the same. I had a question with uh, somebody said to me before. Did you know? Would you never go back to you know to to your old life? And I laughed. (laughs) I said, mate. You can drop a billion dollars in a suitcase right here, right now, and say to me, look, you can give everything up that you've done now, everything that you've reached now. And I said, and you can keep this money, but you've got to go back to how you were before. The drugs, the alcohol, the sex, you can live that life, but you've got unlimited funds. And he goes, what would you do? I was like, keep the money. There's nothing you can give me. Nothing. You know what I mean? Definitely. I wake up. Happy, I go to sleep happy. Free. 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 Yeah. When people say, Oh, that's impossible. Try it. Mm. <laughs> Try it. It's pretty simple. Oh, no, they just do you know it's um it is it is. I mean I'm, I'm you, you know, just just even talking about this now, just this experience, you know, it just it just, it just, it just blows. It just blows my mind. That's exactly what I had to do. Mm. That's the exact. I just had to blow my mind, mm. blow it yeah. out there because I was, I was, I was stuck, man. Mm. I wake up and the incessant thinking. As soon as my eyes open, the incessant thinking would continue all throughout the day. Mm. The incessant thinking will be before I try and fight myself to get to sleep. Mm. The incessant thinking will be there the next day. Mm. It'll be all the core belief systems. It'll be all the resentments. It'll be all the anger. It'll be the anxiety, the depression, the addiction, the alcohol. Ah, oh, mm. that's too much. It's endless, isn't it? Endless. Yeah. And you know what? All these self-diagnosed conditions that I have due to a dysfunctional mind. Because... When you, when you cultivate this dysfunctional mind, there's a lot of symptoms that come with that mind. Mm. And the, the, the most common symptoms of a dysfunctional mind is depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, insecurity, rage, addictions, mm. alcoholism, relapse. Mm. You know, these are symptoms of a dysfunctional mind. When mm. your mind is dysfunctional, these are the symptoms that will manifest. Mm. And then depression, like I say to you, I'd go to the doctors, I'd talk myself into my own depression, I'd go to the doctors, doctor, I'm depressed. Oh, seriously, do you feel low? Obviously, I'm depressed. <laughs> Can yeah. you get out of bed? No. Oh, you must be depressed. I'll give you antidepressants. Mm. 
not trying to, you know, take five minutes or 10 minutes to see why am I depressed? What's the mm. root cause of that? Mm. Yeah. Not, you know, why don't you kind of try some mindfulness or yoga and then mm. come back to me? No, here's antidepressant. Mm. Okay, I take the antidepressant. Six months, six months, mm. yeah? When come time to stop the antidepressants, I can't live life without the antidepressants yeah. because I've been living in life with the antidepressants. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Go to the doctors with anxiety, the same thing. Mm. Oh, I actually felt knocks in my stomach before, clam me out, feel. Not trying to get to the root of the problem. Here's value. Mm. Euphoric. It yeah. changes the way I feel. Yeah. Start going, living by them, day-to-day life, lovely. Wake up, pop a value, feel okay, pop another one, tell me, living life like that. Then come times to stop. How can you stop? Mm. When you just live in six months of your life and value. Mm. Sustains it. So mm. all these self, yeah. all these self-diagnosed conditions that I put on upon myself, yeah. What I realized is through in my meditation, they just dissipated one day. And what I realized was, what my intuition told me was that. All them things I ruled off to you, depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, insecurity, rage, alcoholism, addiction, relapse, all these things needed one ingredient. Mm-hmm. There was one catalyst in all of these in order for me or you as mm-hmm. a human to suffer. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And I was thinking. Yeah. Thinking. Mm-hmm. When I learned to detach from the thought, when I had that initial thought, this room feels kind of packed. I could detach from it. I'd go mm. with my breath and I'll just let it flow. Gone. Mm. Then there was no added data. Yeah. Oh my God, there is a lot of people. Are they looking at me? Are they talking about me? Mm. Then you manifest the physical sensations, mm. the internal knots, the clammy hands. Then you attach more data to the physical sensations. Mm. You're intoxicated already. Mm. Of course you're anxious. When I learned to detach from that first yeah. thought, this room is a bit crowded. Like you said. Not today, please. Thank you for sharing. Get on with it. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Job done. It's us that create suffering. So yeah. when I learn to detach from the thinking, all them conditions that I just outlined to you, all them symptoms, mm. they went just like that. Yeah. They didn't need psychoanalysis. Mm. They didn't need um, counselling. They didn't need therapy. They didn't need self-help books. They didn't need Allah, mm. God, Jesus. They didn't, they went. Mm. Just by not identifying mm. with the process, the thought processes. Mm. Just a simple thing like that. Yeah. I don't know, how do you go and say that to someone? I know, right? They think you're crazy. <laughs> <I know. laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? It's um and just to to address sort of you know, to, to sort of wrap it up. I mean, with regards to, you know, people, I, I mean, Jesus Christ, people that have been listening to this, man, you guys have, you guys are, have been given just some beautiful tools, you know what I mean? You know, and, and thank you for coming down. Yeah. But here's the thing, for someone who is in that, and we talked about it, because it is frustrating, isn't it, to put your hand out to someone and for them to not grab it, you know, or to show somebody the tools and for them to just not, accept it and i know as you described you know you took personal responsibility and i'm answering my own question but maybe it is another way of delivering this but what's your advice to someone who is at that place you know who's really struggling at the moment 
my advice to someone that is really struggling is to just accept help. You know, when you accept help, yeah, when you take that first step, I mean, there's various ways that people are suffering. You know, if it's something with the first thing you need in order to recover from mental slavery. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The first thing you need to do is you need to have total clarity mm -hmm. and awareness. Yeah. So intoxicants would have to stop, mm. you know, um, things that change the way that you feel mm. would have to be put aside, you know, mm. and you have to become open-minded enough, you know, in order to be teachable, you know, that someone could impart on you what has helped alleviate their suffering. Mm. So the first step is always accepting help mm. because there's various different ways. I don't, I'm not, I'm not attached to this notion that there is only one way yeah. that a person can recover. Yeah, I agree. Or that, you, you know, yeah. I think there are various routes that are the same, are the same path, but with just different conventional language yeah. or different labels, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. So, but, but the first, what, to answer your question, the fundamental first step you need to take is allow someone to help you. Mm. Because once you do that, you know, once you, you know, stop doing that, something that's making you suffer and you have that awareness and you have that clarity, that's when the real journey begins. Mm. Because that's when you start getting introduced to the root of your mm. problem. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Someone might say they're suffering because they keep on... Um, let's give this for example. Someone, very quickly, because I know we're running out of time, but someone might give this... Someone might be suffering on the surface, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so why are you suffering? Well, because, because um, I can't sustain a relationship, an intimate relationship. Mm -hmm. Women keep leaving me in, right? Yeah. So he's suffering because of that. Now... How do you get to the root of that? Because there's a whole host of things that could be leading him to suffering. He could have experienced having not having a mother when he was young. Mm. So he's got, you know, like a rejection or abandonment issues. Mm. He could be suffering because his mind, you know, is based on an ego having a relationship as opposed to two people, mm. two humans, you know. He might be jealous or yeah. controlling mm. or, you know. So you need to get to the bottom of the root of the problems. And that always comes with, you know, Penetrating reality. Yeah. You have to see through the own illusions you've created. Mm. You have to see through that, you know? And the only way to do that is with, with clarity. So, you know, like I said to you, we've spoke about it before, and you can put your hand out, people can refuse it. You can even talk, people can resent you. Mm. People can become jealous. And, and that's okay. That's normal. This is, this is how, when you're asleep, this is how people are. This is how the mind reacts. It's defense mechanism, yeah. as call, yeah? That's okay. We're all right with that. Um, but when I want to help people, I fundamentally, the first thing that I do, the first thing that I do if I want to help someone is I sit down and I listen to them mm. without judgment. 
yeah? Carl, Carl Rogers, an American psychotherapist, yeah? Mm -hmm. He spoke of three conditions that can fundamentally help people to make a change. Mm -hmm. And then three core conditions was one, empathy. Mm -hmm. I can empathize with someone. Mm -hmm. I can put myself in their shoes mm -hmm. and experience how they're thinking and how they're feeling from their frame of reference, mm -hmm. not mine. Mm -hmm. Two, unconditional positive regard. Mm. acceptance no matter what yeah i accept that person mm. not based on what he's wearing how he's talking or the actions or behaviors what he's demonstrating mm. but i accept him fully as a human being mm. that has lost his way and free congruence mm. genuineness not sitting there listening saying to him yeah i'm concerned but i'm looking at the clock and yawning and mm. genuine you know mm. that warmth yeah that compassion yeah and with that, when you, when you afford a human being them attributes, mm. then something happens, mm. you know? Mm. They give you that gap. They give you that gap where you can enter, mm. you know? Mm. And you can impart something on them. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, yeah. that's the fundamental. That's yeah. how I have experienced helping people when, when I was finding my way in the beginning, Sometimes it's forceful, my help. Yeah. And then I had to look. And sometimes it weren't based on me helping the other person. Mm. It was based on me reinforcing the ego construct. Yeah. Oh, look at Zach. He's helping someone. Yeah. Or, or you have to go and talk about mm. it, you know? Yeah. That's why you always have to look at your motives. Right? Mm. When you look at your real motives, yeah. you, will, you will adapt. Mm. And you'll change your way yeah. to helping that human. Right? Yeah. You know? Sometimes yeah. it's difficult, you know. We still got a lot. This is it, isn't it? It's learning though, isn't it? Because we're all going through that journey and and again, you know, this thing, there's no such thing as perfection, you know, but it's just accepting that you know what, it doesn't matter, it's okay. Whatever you go through, it's absolutely fine. As long as your motives mm are correct, yeah. you know? Because who says that we can't learn? Who says that we can't make a mistake? Yeah. Who says who? There are no mistakes. That's it. See, that's another word people get caught up Exactly, on. yeah. That's the, it. The, the life's experiences doesn't know anything like mistakes or no. right or wrong. No. It doesn't know that. No. They are just experiences. Yeah, exactly. And like I said to you, how you interact, let's say this for example, you, like, I don't, I don't mind you saying you're 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 you know you're happily in love. Mm -hmm. You're you're yeah, yeah. getting married. You're yeah. having a baby, which is amazing. It's yeah, awesome. Man. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's take for example, you go. You're out somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You meet a beautiful, attractive woman. Mm -hmm. Your desire, your old conditioning kicks in. Mm -hmm. You have a fleeting moment of desire. Yeah. You attach to that notion. Yeah. Right. You end up having an affair mm -hmm. with this woman. Now you're sitting there, yeah, racked with guilt, racked with remorse, yeah? All these feelings, all these thinking, you can't sleep, you're mm. agitated, because it's so much, you tell your partner and confess, mm. she can't stand it, she leaves, you've lost her, the love of your life. Mm. That's an experience. Yeah. There's no good or bad about that. Yeah. Yeah, there's no negative or positive. Yeah. Life doesn't know any of these labels. No. You had an experience. Yeah. Nah, 
let's say you you'd be in hell, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. Let's say you get over that hell. Yeah. Five years down the line, you meet another wonderful lady. You're starting the process again. You go, you go out again. You meet a distraction. Mm. Now that does. You do something different, right? Mm. You say, you know what? The last experience I had, mm. this is where it led. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. This time, I'm going to go home. Mm. I'm going to go straight home. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to, you know, that, that's all life is, man. Yeah. Experiences you learn from. But there are no mistakes. Yeah. And this is what people get hung up on. Mm. Oh, I've made a mistake and oh this is this is wrong action and mm. you know and then and then all the guilt or remorse is attached mm. to that and mm. just learn man. Yeah. You, you, you just learn. You know, it's, yeah. it's down to you as the individual. Yeah. This is why you was given free will and choice. Yeah. You can choose. That's it. You always have that choice, you yeah. know. So yeah. that's how I learn today. So Whatever yeah. leads me to hell, I got the opposite way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty simple, yeah. It's pretty simple. Yeah. You, it's the mind that wants. Yeah. Remember, your true nature yeah. is fully self-sustaining. Mm. It doesn't need, it doesn't desire, mm. and it doesn't want. Yeah. It's the mind that always wants. Yeah, it's true, it's isn't it? Needs. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yes, indeed. I, 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 we can just talk for hours. Well, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Easy. This stuff, man, is just incredible. And just listening to your story and, you know, your 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 passion your pain and everything that you've been through you know and, and overcoming this stuff see that's what i love you know about life mm. you know is that there should never be any secrets with this stuff you know mm. there shouldn't be those words like shame and remorse yeah. as you said because mm. these are experiences and if we mm. take them in the right way yeah. if we channel them in a positive way yeah. And they're just simply experiences. You know, these are just things that we go through in order to learn. And as we're saying, to remain teachable. Yeah. How the hell are we going to grow if we don't remain teachable? If we keep seeing everything as a negative. Yeah. Um, last question from me. This is my, I love this question. It's just always one. But if you, if you can have a superpower, um, what would it be and how would you use it to help change the world? I mean, it's, very, it's a very tough question, man. The superpower. I mean, I don't. It's totally. It's totally. Um, it's like a paradoxical question because it's. On the one hand, I could either say, "Look, I'd want everyone to be awake. I mm. want everyone to be in touch with their true nature." And but then, you know, then you'd be robbing everyone of their experiences and their process. Yeah. That's another thing, you know. So, I think, just like I said, man, I'll just love to be able to just transmit like mm. telepathically mm. like reality yeah. you know awareness mm. that observer I'd like to just turn that observer on in each and every one of us yeah you know that 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 thing that is separate from the feelings yeah. the self the emotion you know when Alex is happy that observer mm. is not when Alex is angry that observer is not angry, mm. it's just neutral, just observes. Yeah. I'd like to, you know, turn turn that on in everyone and allow them to embark on their own their own beautiful journey. Yeah. What this what this journey is. And you know, I wouldn't change it for the world because nothing has changed in my life. Mm. Nothing. Mm. You know, fundamentally. I could say, oh, my life has changed and I've turned it around. And, 
nothing has changed in my life. The only thing has changed is my mindset, mm. my perspective, mm. my detachment from the thoughts. Mm. You know, that's all that's changed. And then as a result of that, mm. I am my universe, yeah. you know. And that's it. And it's, it's just about going deeper. So, you know, there's no need for superpowers. Yeah. We have all got that super consciousness. Yeah. We all have that. That's it. And it's just about that person finding their own. Yeah. You know, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Maybe we're here might for be it. another lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to come back again. Yeah. <laughs> Probably will. Thank you so much, man. No taking the time for coming down. We'll definitely be doing this again. Mm. That's for sure.